Priebus and Spicer are out, and Sessions looks hurt. Can Team Bannon recover, or is it game over? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, covering the biggest stories of the week from a libertarian perspective. And a very big story here at WSB was the blockbuster performance of WSB listeners in the Carathon, breaking the record and raising $1.75 million for the Affleck Cancer Center, which uh, um, is dedicated to curing childhood cancer. So we're super excited about that. Thank you to all the listeners. And uh, we have a we had a quite noisy week in the news there were i can't talk about everything so i always try to pick what i think are the most important stories and lately i've noticed that there there's quite often two stories the actual important story and then the noisy story so this week there were two stories like that one was that john mccain rose from the ashes from phoenix and he uh scuttled Obamacare reform for the Republicans. I think uh, he did exactly what they wanted him to do. I want to talk about that. And the other thing, the noisy thing, was that the White House chief of staff, Rance Priebus, is replaced by uh, the Homeland Security chief, Kelly. Now, for me, the obviously more important uh, story is the McCain story, because... Uh, I've been taught since 2013 when Ted Cruz actually had a plan that would have kicked the can on Obamacare down the road. I just kept saying like, they should do it. The Republicans were viciously attacking him for that. I remember Peter King in New York was just viciously attacking him for doing that, saying, oh, it never work. And I, I remember at the time looking into it, talking about it on the air, it would have worked. And I argued on the air that. You cannot let it get implemented or we will never, ever get rid of it. And since the whole plot from the beginning was to make it a Trojan horse for single payer health care, that is a government run health system, when it fails, that letting it get a foot in the door was a disaster. And it, and it was in the Republicans control several times to defeat it. John Roberts was a Republican appointee. He was the deciding vote in the Supreme Court saying it was a tax. When he said it was a tax, it automatically invalidated it because it originated in the Senate. Yet the Republicans did not sue on that. Uh, and the Supreme Court wouldn't hear it, by the way, when it, a private entity sued. There were a lot of different times where these guys could have scuttled Obamacare and they didn't. And this time, I feel like... Uh, you know, and they always cut the vote really close, so it looks like they fought the good fight and just couldn't get it done. I really don't believe that. I think it's a setup. So these, uh, the Senators Collins and um, Murkowski were the ones who were always going to vote against anything because they're you know, like Obamacare, I guess. Because what Collins said was, once it's entrenched and people depend on it, you can't take it away, which is exactly what I was saying four years ago uh, when Peter King was arguing that it'll be a great way to win elections, <laughs> you know, for the entire Obama term. 
which it did. But what's the point of winning elections if you end up with Obamacare anyway? So they needed another vote and uh, another person not to vote for it. And McCain, who was recently diagnosed with brain cancer, came back and cast that vote. And in my opinion, I know he was always the guy was uh, you couldn't count on anyway. But I feel like they it, it had been Rand Paul who was the third spoiler. But I guess he got let off the hook. I really don't understand. Um, I agree with him that Trump care, the Obamacare light was not a good plan, but uh, I don't think he wanted to be the guy to spoil it. And now that it looks like John McCain's political career is clearly, or I would say is clearly coming to an end, uh, that he's kind of taking this on his shoulders on the way out the door. And and I thought even that was kind of interesting because I've been highlighting this pattern I've noticed of that I, I coined it on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Monica Perez Show. I have a hashtag, hashtag WTWOF. It's not vulgar. It stands for what to watch out for. And my little thing that I'd noticed was that Going down in a blaze of glory is the new golden parachute. Like Roger Ailes left, got his money, left Fox, got his money, and uh, left uh, ensconced in scandal. Acted like there was a big scandal there. Maybe there was. Bill O'Reilly did the same thing. I think he still got his money, but uh, they, and then Roger Ailes died. I guess Bill O'Reilly's retired. They are using these kind of dramatic moments, a dramatic moment, the end of somebody's career. And they're saddling uh, them with an excuse to do something radical that they could not otherwise do. It's kind of like the Rahm Emanuel doctrine of today uh, to, you know, to use these events, these dramatic events to get something done that they couldn't otherwise get done. And in the case of Fox, I think they want to move Fox to the middle, which would be to the left of where it is because it's or even further to the left of where it is. It's uh, as far as being fiscally conservative. You know, I just uh, Fox is not my thing, but I think Rupert Murdoch is like that. Like if you look at his foreign entities, Sky News, stuff like that, they are uh, to the left. And then I think they're going to do the same thing uh, with the Democrats. Take the Ossoff loss, a spectacular failure. They've linked him to Pelosi the whole time. They're going to use this as an excuse to lurch to the left. Get rid of Pelosi. She'll leave in a, you know, go down in in flames and. They'll uh, use it as an excuse to lurch to the left because Bernie Sanders is a winner and all that. I just feel like that's what's going on here and that they're exploiting John McCain's illness. I don't think that he minds because I think he's about as deep state an actor as you can get and always has been. I think his father was, too. So I, I don't think he minds. But I think that that's what's happening, that this is a show and that the Republicans don't really certainly they don't want to get rid of national health care, federal health care. That's for sure. So uh, I guess, you know, it doesn't really matter if they have um, Obamacare to control. I don't even know if they care about control, uh, you know, of the White House as long as they have their fiefdom. So I think there's a lot of politics going on there, a lot of optics, as they say. And then you fold in the big story about the White House shakeup and Rents Priebus, the chief of staff, stepping down and being replaced by Kelly uh, Scaramucci, the new communications director. Boy, do we have stuff to talk about with this guy. He just I, I, I mean, it's like he had a break with reality. Uh, he called Priebus a psychotic, but he sounded like a psychotic. It's very strange. I smell a rat. But that whole thing that happened this week all, was absolutely got the majority of the news. 
to me, that was uh, folded into the healthcare story in two different ways. One, it's, it was a distraction from how serious that actually was because these guys are going out on break now. Uh, and they were supposed to get it done before that in D.C. Uh, but it also sets up this excuse for Trump's failure to meet, live up to his campaign promises. It gives cover to the Republicans for failing to live up to their seven uh, years of campaign promises to get rid of Obamacare because they're presenting this whole thing as a chaotic White House that uh, – it, I, I heard Jake Tapper actually say it. They now, like, spoon-feed you what you're supposed to hear. And what he said was uh, Rance Priebus, because of all this tension, was unable to go twist arms in Congress and the Senate to get, you know, Obamacare's repeal and replace and to do Trump's bidding. And all this mania at the White House is really crippling any ability to get any policy stuff done. And that's, I think what this is being used for, among other things. So I want to get into that because I did my entire show last week on Obamacare. So if you want to hear my views, the listeners' views, go to my website, uh, one of my websites, propagandareportdaily.com. You can find all of my commercial-free podcasts there. Uh, and so, but I do I do want to kind of switch gears and talk about this, this uh, Scaramucci thing and all the drama, not because, you know, it's like People Magazine, but, be- well, it is kind of like, pe- worse. People Magazine would not print what the New Yorker said that Scaramucci said. So I want to know what you think about this guy, Scaramucci. Are you buying it? You you buying into the mooch and his whole, the whole package he's bringing to the table? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'll take your tweets also at Monica Perez Show. My producer Binkley is here with some, uh, I think we've got, some on-point tweets I happened to notice before we went on the air. Give that. What you got? Give me one. Well, Joe Nobody, he says, I like Scaramucci. He's a good, no political BS guy. <laughs> uh, you know, I did see that, and, and I couldn't. I thought, oh, my gosh, that's that was one of those spoon-fed memes that I got earlier. And I, and I um, remember where that came from. It was so... The Scaramucci article, the article we're going to talk about, the thing that made the news was um, a phone call he made to a reporter at The New Yorker, because that's the guy you want to call and lose your mind to, a reporter for The New Yorker, <laughs> a guy with credibility, who's definitely not going to keep his mouth shut. Uh, and and if you go to the original article, the very last paragraph in that article had um, said Scaramucci went on CNN. I don't have it in front of me, but... Oh, I do have it in front of me. He went on CNN and he said... Uh, he said, the article says, Scaramucci then made a plea to viewers. Let me tell you something about myself, he said. I am a straight shooter. So these, this, they're setting up an image for this guy. And uh, there are a couple of very obvious elements to this, this psychological operation. I got to say it, the PSYOP, that's what it is. Uh, and I think it is uh, certainly... From what I've seen, largely working. I don't think people as preposterous and ridiculous as his rantings came across as I think most people are taking on face value. I'm not, of course. So let's let's talk about it. Are you? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 83 degrees outside the studio. A 10 on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate 
heating and air. And we are uh, talking about a couple of things. I think the two big stories this week were Obamacare. Uh, McCain scuttled Obamacare repeal and uh, the shakeup in the White House. And I actually think they're related. I think the shakeup is a distraction and an excuse for policy failures. And I'm willing to talk about both of those things. So whatever you want to talk about, uh, you know, in that little box, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I am going to Mark on line one. Hi, Mark. You're on with Monica. Hey, how are you doing, Monica? Good. Uh, and I got to say, it was a pleasure getting a chance to meet you a while back at a Liberty on the Rocks event. Oh, fun! Uh, yeah, isn't that super fun? Yeah, you know, and you know, it, it's nice to see you know that there are people who are energetic for the cause of liberty and and people who uh, you know understand what's going on. Uh, you know, although sometimes it, it feels like maybe these events are much too small. Uh, but, uh, anyways, I just thought I'd, you know, offer my thoughts about, um, Trump trying to, you know, reshuffle his administration. Yeah, what you got? Yeah, I, I really don't care what he does to try to lipstick the pig. You know, he's never going to be able to appeal to me, and I'm not some left-wing Hillary Clinton fan. I, I see both parties as destructive, uh, towards the, the end of, uh, liberty. Um, you know, it, and I'm not so certain that, uh, you know, the, the Republican uh, Party failing to, you know, pass the so-called repeal bill through the Senate uh, was necessarily some kind of policy failure uh, for Trump or, or a problem uh, on Trump's part. My guess is they probably planned it that way. Yeah, I agree so with that. It, yeah. So that it wouldn't go to his desk. So now Trump can pose as uh, the, the, the good guy here because, you know, it, even when he gets, I mean, he gets. Oh, he I didn't see yeah. a couple things that I agree with, like on climate change or whatever. But there's too many other issues that you know. I'm sorry, yeah, I, I can't overlook, and nobody will address these. I'll give you a good example, Monica. Okay, and I say this as somebody once upon a time I show for Pat Cannon. But if I had time to sit down and, and look at this, I realize when you have Republicans who support things like the Patriot Act. Yeah, I got I got to take a break. I'm sorry. I wish I could. Uh, we'll talk about. Yes, they they are not doing the cause of liberty any good. This is Monica Perez taking. Hang on, David. He wants to talk about Obamacare too. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty or at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News ninety five five at AM seven fifty WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from three to six. I try to give you the libertarian perspective. Maybe it's just my perspective on the biggest stories of the week. And this week it was Obamacare. John McCain scuttling the Obamacare repeal, skinny repeal, whatever. I can't even keep track of it. I I personally am just a repeal repeal person. I don't want to replace it because it does not belong to the federal government. But whatever. So instead of having this conversation yet again, we're talking about, I don't mean us, although we are, but like as a nation, we're talking about, oh my gosh, Anthony Scaramucci is totally fighting with Rents Priebus and, um, Rents Priebus got fired. So that's, that's what our national level politics has come down to. And you know what? I'm going to talk about it because it's actually so shocking and unbelievable what has been going on that uh, I think we just have to expose it in the cold light of 
this can't be real. So uh, on that note, I will. I, I'm happy to talk about Obamacare, and I'm happy to talk about the uh, the drama in D.C. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to go to the calls in a second, but my trusty producer, Binkley, is here with a tweet or two. What do you have for me, Binkley? I have a tweet from N. He says, does the pick of a general seem like an odd choice for chief of staff? Seemed weird to me, but thanks to... Uh, he just sent that tweet, but my, earlier I saw a tweet from Casey's mom where uh, she she knew I'd been t- – I tweet a lot. I have great tweets at Monica Perez Show. It's Fantastic. Worth, it, they really are. It's worth joining Twitter to tweet with us because we just – there's like – if you don't know Twitter, there's a little – you could just tweet to each other and then uh, you don't have to like sort through thousands of tweets. So we just kind of tweet with listeners and stuff. And uh, so I was tweeting about how I've been on this – mission to keep people keep talking about this russia hacking scandal which they call the russia hacking scandal and not russia gate like everything is russia gate email gate name a gate bankley bridgegate bridgegate exactly everything's a gate uh so but russia is not russia gate because in my opinion because it is it is actually literally storyboarded written out in advance to parallel watergate at least superficially and i noticed this i mean when trump tweeted comey better hope there are no tapes i mean it was that was so obvious that it was going to be a watergate thing and the and the parallels have just kept on coming so much so that i finally finally decided to just stop down and really figure out watergate and make a list a timeline of all the things that are parallel so far and and things that aren't haven't happened yet and if if i can identify those things then we'll just see them happen you know possibly a couple of them will probably happen because i really think that this is uh it's it's crafted in advance and in my studies, so I was totally derailed by this for days, and it, but it was fascinating. In my studies, I came upon this book called Silent Coup, and I posted on my website, PropagandaReportDaily.com, an hour-long book notes interview with the guys who wrote it, and it is unreal. I just ordered the book. I can't wait to read it. They say they basically cracked the code on Watergate. And echoed some of the things that I had um, already kind of sensed. But one thing I didn't know that they insist on, and nobody else talks about this. I've never heard anybody else say it, but they feel they have the smoking gun evidence that Alexander Haig was deep throat. He had worked with Woodward in Bob Woodward, the reporter, uh, in the Navy. Bob Woodward and Steve Bannon had a lot of parallels also. They were both the, had the same position at the Pentagon in the Navy. They both went into the media after that. They both had the Ivy League background. So Woodward denies it, but these guys have proof that he used to brief Alexander Haig. So he had a very close relation or a trust trusting relationship with Alexander Haig. He thinks he was the guy who's leaking. But Nixon never realized it, so he made Alexander Haig his chief of staff after uh, Haldeman, the guy who was brought down by Watergate, was pushed out. So I think Alexander Haig was the last, according to the article Casey's mom sent me, the last time a general was in, in the chief of staff position. And, yeah, it seems a little... It, it it seems ominous. It seems fitting with what I've been noticing is like a real military footing that we're moving towards. The day that Scaramucci was announced as the new White House communications director, uh, Sarah 
Sanders, is that her name? Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She, before she introduced him, she said something I thought was quite shocking. She said Trump is the first person to really examine our defense industrial complex since Eisenhower, which is such what Binkley has taught me, the word dog whistling, where they say something that'll just make a certain segment of the population go crazy. You know, like my ears, I was like, oh, stop, stop, my ears hurt. (laughs) Because Eisenhower introduced us to the expression, the military industrial complex, and warned us against it. And here is Trump focusing on it. Um, Unless this is all a show, I feel like the Russia hacking scandal, all the negativity that's coming out about Russia, our return to manufacturing, to independence, to reeling in the trade thing, the deficits, all that stuff, unless it's just a show, all that stuff smells of war, of a buildup to war. And uh, and maybe for the same reasons we had World War One and World War Two, which was supposedly by another great book I'm reading, Conjuring Hitler. Man, is that a good one? That the whole point is for the Anglo-American, you know, um, alliance to make sure Germany and Russia do not team up because that would kind of unify. And of course, with China, um, unify that that big landmass that is such a threat to the sea powers. So so if you look at it, us against Russia, you know, and all these behaviors, they do smack of that pattern from the past. Now, you know, I feel like we're always being propagandized. So maybe that's a false lead. But there's a lot, um, you know, there's a lot of these old things coming up. So to have a general right there in the White House, it's maybe a way for for those guys to have kind of high level, more military minded conversations without uh you know, without people noticing that there's, you know, <laughs> Trump keeps meeting with the generals, you know, who knows? It's it's an interesting question. But uh, I am going to go to some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And uh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to David and coming. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Long time listener, first time caller. Okay, great. Um, I wanted, yeah, um, I wanted to talk to you about Obamacare. I mean, while I disagree with it in principle, I don't believe that you can mandate certain things for you know, the general population. I cannot, I'm completely, because I cannot deny that it has been beneficial to me. I'm a full-time college student. I'm also working full-time. In addition, I have several pre-existing conditions. And without Obamacare, it would be very difficult for me to be able to continue my education and afford, and afford health insurance. What did you do before Obamacare? Well, before Obamacare, I was still on my parents' policy, but you know, still I'm, I am, um, I'm on the last few years of you know college, but with pre-existing conditions, it was still kind of difficult to become to get insurance for my family because my mother and my father also have pre-existing conditions. However, I wanted to know, like, do you think it's possible that we'd be able to have a free market solution and still be able to cover pre-existing conditions? Uh. Yeah, I think for me, uh, the way I I answer that question is this: what what if that's really a question? The what is insurance? Insurance is when a bunch of people with the same risk profile, the same likelihood of an unexpected, uncontrollable event, is going to happen. So I had a child with Down syndrome. I was in a low risk category because I was young. If 
if there weren't social services, people always tell me, but without social services, I could never support my, not, not me, but, you know, other moms who have children with Down syndrome. And insurance can address even that. You take a bunch of 25-year-old people, every, you know, a million of them, everybody puts 100 bucks into the pot, and whoever gets Down syndrome kids gets that, the entire $100 million, you know, or however many people, they split it. So that's what insurance is for, and that's how it works. If you already have an existing, uh, an existing condition, what you're talking about is medical care that you can't afford. And that is not an insurance, that's not the object of insurance. That's the object of uh, if you're, you know, left leaning, you think that's a government safety net thing. And if you're right leaning, you think it's a, a charity, charity thing or family thing. So you, you have to come step back and categorize things properly so that you can address them properly. And then, uh, but, it, but it, I would say the biggest problem with the high cost and unaffordability of healthcare is that the government, uh, that the government has Medicare and Medicaid enforced insurance and all these rules and um, won't let you have simply catastrophic health care. They won't let you break out your categories quite that finely that it creates this uh, over demand for health care to uh, people go even when they wouldn't go if they were paying for it themselves. And this has a tremendously inflationary effect on the price of health care. So you, you're in a position where ordinary illnesses, yes, you say pre-existing condition, um, they cost much more. They, they actually then become unaffordable for ordinary people, even though uh, in, a, in a free market system, the cost of these things would plummet. And then the few people who are left who really have an extremely expensive thing and really cannot afford it, there's so much surplus from the wealth that's created by eliminating the inefficiency, the waste, uh, the redistribution of wealth, all that all of that costs a tremendous amount compared to the few people who would actually need some help. And then, of course, institutions would arise in the community that address that, not by force. So I, I feel like we have the capacity. Human nature is such that these things would be um, addressed and the price would be lower and that we should fade in any case, even if you wanted to address it at the state level, which would be constitutional. There's an absolutely no reason to address it at the federal level. Any state has millions of people in it. That's enough of a pool to handle these if you consider it a community problem any way you want or not at all at the state level. So I think it's just a, a basic background philosophy um, that we differ. But thank you very much for the call. I'm going to Anthony in Marietta. Hey, Anthony, you're on with Monica. Hey, how you doing, Monica? Good. How are you doing, Anthony? I, I think you just, <laughs> I think you kind of just inadvertently answered my question. You, you, uh, I was going to ask you, why is it so hard? Like if the if the human spirit yearns to be free, then why is it so hard to teach free market economics to be like? Why don't people believe that market forces will drive prices down if they just repeal and don't replace it with anything? But listening to you give that explanation to that gentleman, I realize. And by the way, it seems like the more education you have, the 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 less likely you are to believe in free market economics. I'm sorry, I don't know why that is. I noticed that with I I'm like I, I have. Lots of very high degrees. And when I go back, it's much easier for me to talk to people, this random group of people who are listening on the radio who call me, regular people I talk to, than if I go back and see the old investment bankers I work with and everything, they just, they don't accept the the, the common sense that I deliver. And I think they've gotten it in their heads 
that the system works for them. I've had people say that the system works for me. I've worked hard dependent on this system. You can't change it because then my whole source of income evaporates because the whole system changes. So they have too much invested in the system as it is. But Anthony, I'll give you a, okay, I got 30 seconds. Tell me what else you got. Okay. Yeah. I think you, I think, I think you just answered the question. When you try to explain to that guy, it, it just requires too much faith. You know what I mean? Like you can teach a, 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 a you can have a mathematical genius and you can teach a math formulas because it's concrete. But to teach, to, to have them believe that if a company is stripped of regulations, it, it, it wouldn't try to, you know, do something evil to you. It just requires too much faith. But you can't. And here's the thing. Thank you so much, Anthony. The the thing is, in a free market system, what you what you need is to enforce laws. You can't allow fraud. Like people go back and say John D. Rockefeller was bad. We need antitrust. It's like he was bad because the government helped him rob people and defraud them out of their stuff and and. Conglo- you know, make a, a conglomerate out of all these oil holdings that he tricked people out of. If they had just, if he hadn't captured the big power of government, and we just uh, stuck to basic laws of fraud and theft, then you would be protected at that level, and the competition that would arise would drive any bad actors out of business immediately. There would be a Yelp for insurance. I mean, you just, it wouldn't exist anymore. And that's how the free market works. All these government regulations and stuff are actually protections and they're ways for people to be defrauded. Oh my gosh, I'm totally past my break. (laughs) Hang on, Mark, you're next. Uh, You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. It is the eight, uh, the high today is forecast at 87, 68 slow overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and I'm going to Mark. Mark, you are on with Monica. Hi. I just wanted to talk about the uh, new chief staff. Yeah, bring it. And uh, I do feel that there is uh, something ominous going on there. I do agree with you. Uh, to have somebody that close as an advisor to the president who is part of the homeland security and this whole military industrial complex is not a good sign. You know, uh, the whole uh, homeland security idea came from the Nazis during their Deutschland security. Really? Oh, yes. It's all part of history. Even the Patriot Act, that whole idea, you can look page, page for page, and it really matched up with what the Nazis had you know, uh, put the German population through. So to have somebody that close to the president and advising him is not a good idea. So I do agree with you with it being, you know, ominous. And this is probably the bigger story of the week rather than John McCain coming. Oh, yes. Interesting, because I really... I didn't identify it like that. I didn't. I I agree. That is what I said. And I noticed it just like in passing because I'm going back and forth on whether or not uh, this is real because so much so many things are distractions. Like it's hard to know what layer of the onion to kind of stop at. You know, I feel like one entity basically controls the world that they they actually brought the Eurasian continent to heal when like Rockefeller went into China and gave them weapons and technology that it was kind of all sewn up. I think Mao was like an adjunct student at Yale or some crazy stuff like that. Yes, yes. a lot of these uh, yes. students are, are tip- or these rulers are typically taught by European elites and whatnot. And 
it is uh, it is a major problem, and that's why propaganda is such a difficult thing to fight through. Like you said, it's a difficult thing to sit there and be able yes. to and pick up on. Well, I'm going to try my best to get through it. I, I um, want to squeeze you in. I don't have a lot of time. Um, let's keep this conversation going. It got deep fast. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, give me a call, 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. We are, uh, we're going to continue this conversation about what's really going on at the top after the break. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, bringing you my perspective, which is this libertarian's perspective on the biggest stories of the week. The stories I feel, felt, uh, that were biggest were McCain scuttling Obamacare and uh, and the shakeup at the White House, which is getting all the press, was actually the secondary story. But then I got a great call from Mark who said, you got to peel the onion one more layer in that the really serious story, which I had touched on but didn't highlight as like the biggest deal, is that the new chief of staff is a general, Kelly, who was head of Homeland Security. I actually, I haven't refresh my memory on his background. I did when he got the placement on Homeland Security. But if I recall correctly, I, I know it's true. His son died in Afghanistan and um, and, and his other son is still in the service. Uh, and this is a guy who's going to have very strong feelings about the military action. He's obviously willing to put his, um, his own and his children's uh, lives on the line for it. And that's admirable for people to put their lives on the line for for this country it does matter to have the courage placed correctly and wisely so there's a basic tenet of kind of democracy i don't i know everybody is like i think neil bort started this it's not a democracy it's a republic it is a representative republic with democratic processes, but I feel like it's basically devolving into a democracy, but it's a tenet of this rule by the people that you don't want your government to be military. You want the military to be deeply subordinated, subordinated to the, to the civilian government. And, uh, Eisenhower warned us against the military-industrial complex because there's this conflict of interest there in that the safety of the people is not in pursuing wars and the prosperity of the people is not in spending a lot of money diverting. And he talks about this, diverting a lot of money to war. But as to use Mark's word ominously, Sarah Huckabee Sanders last week when she introduced Scaramucci right before that, she said this is the first time since Eisenhower that a president has focused on the defense industrial complex. And if you put the pieces together, it might be a bit scary. So um, I'm not afraid of a fight. I just want to make sure it's defensive and just. I really libertarians, they talk about liberty. But really, if you scratch the surface on that, if you listen to what Ron Paul says, a lot of times what it really comes down to, what's even more important than the liberty or hand in hand with the liberty is justice. Liberty and justice are, are uh, 
you know, not inseparable because to violate somebody's liberty is an injustice. And uh, injustice often takes violating someone's liberty or right to own property, that kind of thing. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, what you think of the shakeup of the new people. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to go to those calls, but first let me take a tweet. Uh, Binkley, do you have a tweet for me? At Monica Perez Show. I do. American Lady tweets, those feigning shock at adults, yes, even White House admin adults, sometimes dropping the F-bomb, need to shed their naivete. Resistance is the source of all suffering. I had a little go between, a back and forth, I should say, with that uh, tweeter. We were very tweep, I guess. We were very respectful. I really enjoy that. But we disagree. She's talking about Scaramucci, who um, we should, I want to read some excerpts from this article, if I can. I mean, it's they're so shockingly vulgar. I mean, so shock. This guy is supposed to be presented as like some goomba, some New Yorker, some greaseball, guido, whatever. <laughs> he's like a middle class guy. From, he's a bridge and tunnel guy, just like Trump. I My family's from Brooklyn. I know a lot of goombas, and and I I'm not convinced by his uh, his cursing. Seemed it's not even cursing. His vulgarity seemed gratuitous, and there wasn't really f bombs. There was like c bombs. It's very strange. Yeah. It's a strange strange pattern of cussing, um, and it's totally implausible for a guy in communications to to inadvertently call a reporter and freak out. It makes me want to cuss. Freak out. Uh, freak the heck out. Uh, I want to get into that a little bit. And I totally disagree with American Lady who takes it at, at face value. I do not. And I did actually since February of 2016. If you follow my Twitter, you will know with my hashtag what to watch out for is that I have been talking about how vulgarity in in the in public, in the mass media and all that is absolutely on the rise. It's a way of debasing the discussion, of uh, distracting us, of shocking us, of taking our eye off the ball. In this case, it's a way of uh, of portraying Trump and his gang as a bunch of, you know, bent nose mafiosos, which I think is uh, I think the cronyism, I think, is a fundamentally a mob-type activity, but I think that's more their style uh, in reality, even though that's not how they're being portrayed. So let's talk a little bit about how these guys are being uh, fed to us and what the propaganda really means. But first, let me go to some calls. I'm going to go to Robert. Hi, Robert. You are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. What you got? Well, you know, this chief of staff thing and uh, and the treatment, uh, you know, how he was treated with, I, I see another layer in the onion, okay? Uh, I really think that now the Trump administration, starting with the president himself, is denigrating the, you know, institutions of our government. I mean, you say what you have about the federal government, but since 35 years or so, we've been really... Uh, denigrating, I think, uh, the institution. So I'm not surprised that this guy, Karamuchi, comes and, you know, uh, does this. And, and you know, the, the most important thing to me as a libertarian is to talk about the justice of what Ron Paul said, like, like, like you said, you know, that the independent justice, uh, system is nowhere in the world. And I travel. Uh, around the world, Eastern Europe and uh, in India for business. 
And there's so many problems with all the flaws that we have. I believe that this is the best system. So I think as a yeah. libertarian, we need to talk about, you know, the goodness of the system. Oh, that's such that a have. great idea. And I'll tell you why, because I feel like I'm so glad you're, I'm actually going to write that down, Robert. <laughs> Maybe Binkley will write it down so I can actually talk to you. I feel like um, I, I see that really in danger as they as these people one by one attack the bill of rights i mean i can i can identify like the congressman or the senator who's in charge like uh um mansion in from i think west virginia or virginia is is in charge of destroying the fifth amendment we had uh the fourth amendment's already gone like these these and then jeff sessions who is i think just uh, as far as what his priorities are in the Justice Department, he's following orders, basically. He's just doing what the administration wants him to do. And what he's doing is he's focusing on really all the wrong things. He's focusing on, if you look at the prison population, it's 70% of people who have committed crimes not against a person or property. So the c- crimes that you and I as libertarians recognize as actual crimes, basically the only reason you could incarcerate somebody is only 30% of the prison population. The rest is drug stuff, immigration stuff, and guns. Right. And that's what Sessions is focusing on and uh, right. and wants to keep the prisons private, which really promotes this corruption. So I well, agree I mean, that if we talk right. about... Yeah, go. Well, you know, uh, the, the, the problem that I see is that, you know, this, this, this guy talking like this on, on you know... From the from the West Wing, is is just not good, and it's it's the problem. I I think I well we don't have a dog in the fight. Republicans are all political, Democrats are. Yeah. But we libertarians, you know, want to protect our great system. Yeah, I'll and tell you. I, 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 I want to touch on this. More. Say it again. I wish I can talk. You can talk more because you have a megaphone uh, and you know, I know. You have a great show. I can't. I. I mean, they, I think they will. You know, there's. The, it's uh, very hot real estate to have airtime, and WSB always lets me talk about whatever I want. But um, maybe, maybe I'll get there. But I want to touch on one thing that you said a couple of times, and I, it is really important. Like this guy is saying this stuff. He's ahead, and I guess after this, I'm going to have to tell people what he said because now it's getting hard to follow. But. He came out with a lot of, um, like, kind of stuff that sounded crazy, stuff that came out in the third person, a lot of vulgarity, very poor judgment, like the first week on the job, like calling a reporter to, like, get everything off his chest, like the guy's a psychiatrist. Now, that guy, if this is truly, like, his, the best he could do, he needs to be fired immediately. I mean, he needs, if, if it's true that Rance Priebus thought this guy was not right for the job, then he was right. Because this guy is the communications director. He's not the leg breaker. He's not the house right. whip. He's none of that. He is supposed to be the guy who can communicate, to use his judgment to uh, convey a specific message on behalf of his uh, employer, which is us, but Trump, you know, to help us yeah. connect. And he's he's utterly, utterly failing at that. And and he should be fired immediately. And if he's not, it really is at Trump's feet. I personally think it's baloney. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, but thank you so much for the call, Robert. I really appreciate that. And uh, and I'm going to really take to heart your suggestion that we focus on what's good, because I think we're losing a lot of that stuff. I focus on that all the time. But if we learn to appreciate it and look for the signs of the little things that we need to defend really the processes of 
um, of the justice system, for example. Uh, thank you so much for that great suggestion. Alan, you're going to be on next. I want to talk more. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, I'll give you the quotes from Scaramucci, really, even if you've heard them already. It's just, it's hilarious. We're going to have some fun. And um, after that, well, I want to I want to talk about the shakeup in the White House. We can talk about Obamacare, whatever you want. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5. And AM 750 WSB. Mostly sunny tomorrow, high of 87. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I'm going to Alan in Atlanta. Alan, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica, thank you very much. I'm going to try to keep it distinct and all together. So I've been listening. First off, my head is prediction and assumption. It's kind of precarious. So if we jump to conclusions, and maybe that's not happened, but I was going to say patterns. I think we can infer things from patterns. And so with that said, if we look at Trump, I hope we can agree on this, that anytime he tweets or he throws out something and there's all these multiple plots and stories going on, it's distractions and it's drama, and the media just latches on immediately. So it's a distraction in and of itself, and so there's all these complex parts moving around or so it seems. So then I'll get right to your um, couple things, point about potential war. And I wrote a paper, this is true, I'm happy to make it available to you, 2015, April 15, 2015, that Donald Trump would win the presidency. And how that came about is I went back to Ross Perot. I'm from Ohio. I'm from uh, Northeast Ohio originally. And um, the unemployment there has always been low, and it's just, it's abysmal now. It's very sad to go home and, and to see what has happened. Anyway, and so uh, now there's this political undercurrent, right? And it looks like there's all these moving parts. So we have North Korea, we have Russia, we have terrorism, we have, you know, the unit just named. And the reason why I brought up that paper is because I thought that um, – Donald Trump would, would align with Russia and try to become friends to, to take on terrorism. And I, I, I'm totally kind of not at a loss. I usually kind of get a good read. You don't know me. Um, but it's, it's all too interesting. So, uh, All right, let me, let me just interject for a sec. Alan, keep, keep your thought. Yep, yep. I... Uh, I I think there's more. I think that terrorism is an excuse for us to reshape the Middle Eastern map. I think there's a lot of evidence to that. So I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, I would think that you could collude with Russia to reshape the map in the Middle East. I don't rule that out. But anyway, so again, so uh, you know, I, I would. I know I would agree with you. There. Okay. Right. All right. Right. And so, and then you know, there's so many things. We- have been talked about, right? And when I thought about, when I heard about privatizing, keeping things private and with incarceration, it's where it would follow the money, right? And so if we look at the military complex, follow the money. Um, so my point was, was that it looks like it's that way, and the more things keep ramping, um, you know, it, it's hard to discern what may or may not be. And when you said about justice, I agree. I'm not a libertarian, but if, if it were a just cause, 
then I think, and I think you said that that would be not necessarily worth it, but it would be a reason to, correct? Is that a correct? It would be, uh, you can only have, I'm not afraid of military action. I think everybody should have a gun. I think basically Tesla's idea, the famous, uh, you know, yeah. electrical genius, not um, the famous scientist, not the electric car company, but he said if he wanted to invent a very powerful weapon, this was before the nuclear bomb, so everyone could have one and there would be no more war. So, like, I'm not right. afraid of defense or weapons or whatever. War is, if it's just, if someone's invading you, yes, of course, you can use violence to repel invasion. I'll, I'll do it. But uh, I think that these wars are not about that. And, it, right. and so... So we're yeah, no, we're, we're going to run out of time though, Alan. So yeah, let give me your bombshell. You know, get what's your what's your big picture my thought? Bomb, my my big bombshell is what I failed to tell you is I used to all true. I used to work in Little McLean, Virginia, and I worked at a very prominent club, and I worked around Frank Lurchy. I don't want to drop a lot of names, um, but they were really big in the Reagan administration. Yeah, these are high up people, right? And I would hear things, and at the time. That's when Ross Perot almost, you know, got 15%. What the big bombshell is, hearing all these things going on, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the dog wagging the tail, and look at my hand over here as I circle it, but don't look over here, right? And I agree with you. There's, it's, it's all too interesting. Um, more than that, that's, that, I can't, right? That's it. All right. Well, that's... Uh... That's stuff for us to chew on, Alan. Keep us posted. I'm going to go to a break, but uh, you've got more insights over time. Continue to call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Please, take my hand. Now, open your mind to me. Please. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice. Saturdays 3 to 6 on WSB, we are talking about Obamacare, and uh, I was talking about the biggest news of the week. One is that Obamacare went down, uh, the repeal went down in flames because of John McCain's um, cameo, probably last official act, I would assume. And uh, But the all the noise of the week came out of the White House with... Rance Priebus, the chief of staff, stepping down, and this uh, right after Sean Spicer, the press secretary, stepping down, and the White House naming Anthony Scaramucci as the communications director. So the way I looked at this from the get-go was to think that, okay, or I should say at the beginning of the week, <laughs> before this stuff really came to the fore, I was thinking, all right, there's this, like, competing factions in the White House. It's Steve Bannon and Rance Priebus, who are the alt-right guys who got Trump elected, where the base loves those guys. I personally think they're there to make sure the base never goes back to the Tea Party or the Ron Paul Revolution or any of that, even though uh, Trump's administration is actually being run by the Goldman Gang. That's Gary Cohn and Jared Kushner and now Anthony Scaramucci. Uh, those other guys are, I think, like registered Democrats. Scaramucci used to be an Obama guy. So I thought that's how it was shaking out. Jeff Sessions was definitely on Team Bannon, and he was the guy who was kind of on the ropes. But by the end of the week, surprise, surprise, it was Rents Priebus who, uh, who got chopped. 
And and as like more and more people fall off Team Bannon, you have to wonder if if there is even any you know tension left there. Is there anything left there but this other coalition, this other group? And uh, I've been wondering, you know, what's what's the end game here? You know, you see all that chaos. You see talk of loyalty and betrayal. You see leaks coming out all over the place. There's all all of these like parallels seems to me to Watergate. I think that this stuff is like storyboarded from the beginning and it comes out uh, that they know what they're doing. And they're actually making things happen to look superficially like Watergate because, you know, Trump plays into it by doing things like tweeting, Comey better hope there are no tapes. I mean, that's him playing into this whole Watergate parallel thing. And it looks to me just a show, just a diversion, whatever. However, there, you know, maybe it's going you know, I thought that with Trump versus Jeb Bush. I thought that for Trump versus Hillary. Oh, this is all just a show. But lo and behold, you know, when push came to shove, Trump did win. He won against Jeb. He won against Hillary. And now I wonder if they actually are going to play this through to the end so that Trump actually doesn't make it to the finish line, that perhaps he will end up resigning or being impeached. I mean, I know you get that kind of talk from the radical left and stuff, but I'm like wondering. And I've also been seeing for years that the Secret Service has been presented as incompetent over and over again. So I just um, God forbid, but I just, you know, it just feels like uh you know, the in the past, these guys haven't been afraid of drama. Like uh, Watergate itself was an inside job. It was uh, they took Nixon down without even an impeachment trial or anything like it. It came from within. And then they tried to assassinate Ford. JFK was assassinated. Uh, um, Reagan, there was an intense assassination. So I just I, I feel like there is a, poss- a real possibility that Trump does not make it to i i hope just i do i definitely do not want anything bad ever to happen it's very traumatic it's horrible i don't want that but i'm just saying let's say resignation i mean do you think there's a chance i put a poll actually if you go to propaganda report daily.com uh i put a poll up and i got a lot of responses on the question basically is do you think trump is going to make it the full four years and uh, uh will he make it eight years what do you think is going to happen? So give me a call. Let me know what you think. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You tweeted me at Monica Perez Show. I want to talk about this Scaramucci stuff, though, because it's so, it's so funny. I just want to lighten up, and then I'll talk about my poll so you guys can go take the poll, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, but I have to read some of these Scaramucci quotes. They're so funny. But let me take a call first, um, and then maybe if – if uh, if you want to tweet at Monica Perez show, I'll go to Binkley. So uh, I cannot see the name. I am going to line one. Uh, hello. You are on the air with Monica. Hello. Hello. You're on the air with Monica. What's hi your name? Hi, Monica. Alan. Oh, hi, yeah. Alan. Sorry, it didn't come up. I know you. You're a frequent caller. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Uh, what think- do you got? I think uh, Trump is getting rid of all the career politicians because, honestly, I don't think they can be trusted. I mean, he's put generals in places, and he's put, starting to put businessmen in places. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't trust career politicians either. Do you trust to make a deal. bankers and generals? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the best way to get the economy moving again instead of having a politician in there who 
has no business experience or, you know, a general is from the military, so he's going to be organized. And uh, like I said, politicians, I mean, after this last vote and McCain, I'm so disappointed. I mean, John McCain, of all people, he, he just blew everything up. It was, it's just. Oh, I would totally expect that. I would not be disappointed because I expect nothing but the worst from John McCain, who I think is an absolute deep state actor of the lowest order. But generals are politicians. I just have to say, I think generals are actually politicians themselves. And and Scaramucci, I kind of like the guy. Ha 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 ha. I thought you would. I was thinking that. It's like, that's. It's going to be entertaining, if nothing else. Yes, yes, that is true. (laughs) I think so, too. Let me entertain you with some Scaramucci quotes, Alan. So I'm going to hang okay. up on you. Thank you so much for calling. Let me let me just get one more call. Howard in Atlanta, what you got? You're on with Monica. Monica, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? Well, I haven't talked to you in a while. Boy, you, you sure have a vivid imagination. Oh, you, it's that that sounds like an insult. Well, Under the I, circumstances. I way, but, you know, you, uh, you uh, kind of imply things. and But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Trump's going to be there eight years. I think Pence will be there after that. Uh, he's going to get everything done. Trump has figured out how to play the media, and, and I don't think they know how to respond to him. What is he going to get done? Name three things he's going to get done. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to mark he's this. And we're no, he's got a ton of stuff done already. Just name three things that eight years from now, time. I'm going to look back on this tape and say, yep, oh, okay. Howard was okay. right. So in eight years, what what is he going to get done? Yeah. Uh, he's going to get the Obamacare repealed. Awesome. He's going to have a, a, a better uh, market-based uh, healthcare system. He's going to have tax reform. Okay. I think he's going to rid the U.S. of, uh, of a lot of the, the terrorist uh, things, and I actually believe he's going to resolve the uh, whole thing in North North Korea. That would be awesome. I'm I'm voting for success. I'm rooting for that. I'm rooting for all sure. of that stuff. Right. Uh, you and so you like him. You're not worried about this. This is this guy Scaramucci seems like he is. Uh, um, I just don't feel like what you see is what you get with this guy. I just well, don't. The, Do the you? Thing about it is, I you know, and I've I've seen it in several careers that I've had. You bring in a guy sometimes, Monica, just to, just to ask people. Uh, I, I really don't care what Trump says. I don't care what Scaramucci says because. All the other stuff has been done by the media. I think Trump Trump plays second to all through all their lies and garbage. So I don't know if Scaramucci is going to be in there for a while, but I think Trump basically wanted to get rid of Priebus and probably Spicer and some other folks who were doing all the leaks. Okay, so Howard, I'm gonna I'm gonna key off of your comments to ask other people to call because this is what I want to say that what you're saying. I got a lot of calls like that right after Trump got elected and tweets and that kind of stuff. And then after that, since then, I've gotten a lot of uh, people who say, especially uh, after he bombed Syria with those Tomahawk missiles, I think people who who for that was the litmus test of whether he's uh, really an outsider or not, and and they were disappointed in that. So I want people to call and tell me if... You, if they still think like you do, that he's on track, that he's going to get the stuff done, that he's a straight shooter and all this stuff is is uh, in line with that or not. So let me open up the call lines to that. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Thank you for the call, Howard. Uh, Binkley, if you have a tweet that's maybe on point, I do think that I want to I want to lighten up with some of the Scaramucci stuff. So funny. Oh. I do have a good tweet. All right, what do you got? 
Casey's mom just tweeted that Trump needs Elvis in relation to your Nixon comparison. Oh, he needs an Elvis. Let's think. Don't tell me. Don't tell Kid Rock? <laughs> Kid Rock was going to run. Kid Rock's his Elvis. Kid Rock was going to run. Didn't he Didn't he say he was thinking of running? He did. So I, am I getting that right? Is somebody else going to – can you think of a better – Casey's mom, tweet at me. There tell could me. be a long list of people that might be his Elvis. All right. Well, I, I like Kid Rock's got style, so let's go. About Beyonce. Beyonce was Obama's Elvis. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> all right. So, so I'm looking at this article. Oh, my, my lines are all lighting up. People, I, how much you want to bet? I don't see any comments yet. Every single one of those people is pro-Trump. Let's, let's see if that's true. All right. Is that okay? Can I make a prediction like that? Only because I feel like that's what gets you. You know, you fight for your man. Yeah. Stand by your man. Um, I, it's no insults. I just think that's that's what gets people. I, I think it's in my inherent belief. I have another question for people that people are more good than bad, that people are inherently good, not inherently bad, that they'll call to defend rather, you know, more people will call to defend than to attack. But let that's I don't, I'm open to everything. I don't care at all. So tell me whatever you want. But I also am curious to know. My sister was asking me this question recently. She's like, throw out to your audience. I want to know. What if people think that uh, human beings are inherently good or inherently bad? So let's do that. That's for Franny. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. And it's funny because we were sitting there with my mother, who's extremely religious. And she uh, so you know, she loves Jesus. She's ready to go. She's like super charitable and all that kind of stuff. And my sister and I, you know, a little more cynical, whatever. We're sitting there. And, and she says, so ma. You think people are uh, inherently good or inherently bad? And I and my mom says, bad. They're bad. <laughs> we were like, what? They are bad. And then she starts telling a story from like 30 years ago where like the PTA lady was like mean to her. And we're thinking, this is what you got. This is 50% of the people. She's been having a rough time. Our family's really gone through heck lately. So I don't blame her for being sad. But. You know, like in a negative state of mind. But my sister and I looked at each other like, oh, my gosh, I think people are good. My sister's like, me too. <laughs> you know, and we're out in the world getting you know, getting batted around still. And she's just watching Jeopardy. But we're all uh, it's so funny. So so she wants so Franny wanted me to throw that out there to people. And then she has a follow up question that I can't ask until we get to some of this stuff. I threw so many different things out. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm behind. Um, let me take a quick break, then I'll get to your calls. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 84 degrees outside the studio. Skies are blue. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And, uh, I was just, this is funny. I was just thinking that uh, I was before the break, I was recounting a story of my mother and I always do the her accent. She's got a Brooklyn accent. And when I saw her, they're huge fans of the show, my sister, and my mom. So they're probably listening. Sorry if they're if I offend or if I'm breaching confidence. <laughs> but it's funny because I said to her, I said, to her, hey, Ma, do you mind if I, you know, when I like do your voice on the air? And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, when I make fun of you, like, cause I, talk, I never heard that. So I guess the Brooklyn accent, like, works both ways. Like, she hears it through her ears the way it comes out her mouth. So she does not know I'm doing a voice, which is great, which means I can keep doing it. <laughs> Except for I guess I told her. 
Anyway, oh, I hope I have time to take a call. This short break uh, makes it tough. So let me go to Jeff. Jeff, you're going to have to uh, make it concise. Jeff, you are on the air with Monica. Hey, Monica. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. So we were talking about Trump. Yes, you got one minute. Tell me what you got. You know what? I think Donald Trump's not going to make it. Why? All all this collusion with Russia and this shakeup, it's just all pointing in the direction. Something's going to come out. You know, we have this special investigator. I mean, there's more to it than what I think the American people know. And what he's doing is he's dividing America and he's making us all fight and everyone, you know, making everyone hate each other. And that's not very presidential. And, you know, I think he's going to resign or he's going to be forced out of office. All right. That's interesting, Jeff. I actually don't think he's making us fight. I do think that the media is doing that. I think um, I think I hate to like call names, but I do think the left is really um, pushing for that. I think that chaos is their hope. But regardless of whether he deserves it or not, there is a chance that he's not going to make it. And uh, and somebody points out about Watergate that it was really a travesty because we didn't get our impeachment. Nixon resigned. You didn't get the trial. So you so you really don't know if justice was served. So I really don't like hope that there is no injustice. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Please take my hand. Now, open your mind to me. Please. Open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, giving you my libertarian view on the biggest stories of the week. We're talking about all the drama at the White House. Scaramucci, the new White House communications director, came out with a, a splash with a bang. And I we're two hours into the show. We've been having a lot of fun. I got a lot of calls. And I keep trying to read you this article of what Scaramucci said. He he called a reporter from The New Yorker, basically his first day on the job, and said, man, everything's all effed up. Uh, this guy's a uh, C-word. That guy's a C-word. Don't tell anybody, but, you know, everybody's in trouble. He calls a reporter, and he says this crazy stuff. So, actually, I would like to read this to you, and I've, tw- I've teased to it like ten times as I sit there with the article in my hand. But uh, we've been having so much fun that I can't do it. And frankly, I'm not sure I can get my mind around it because it is so replete with expletives that I don't think I can get my mouth around it for a a family-friendly radio show. So maybe I'll try to do that. I I have so many calls. I want to do some rapid fire on that. So if you're on the line, I am going to get to you, and I'm going to give everybody um, a minute or two to say what you have to say. But if you want to check out something very funny, get maybe Binkley, you can tweet on, you know, at Monica Perez show. I don't know how. I don't know how remote tweeting goes. If you can copy me on your tweet and then I'll retweet it. This article that's from The New Yorker, it says Anthony Scaramucci called me to unload about White House leakers, Rance Priebus and Steve Bannon. Um, 
read that article if you're not squeamish about profanity. And then go to my website, our website, PropagandaReportDaily.com, and look at the video of Buster cursing that I posted. It's uh, an Arrested Development clip, which was like my favorite show of all time. I could, I knew there was something. I was like, Binkley, this article reminds me of something. I can't think of it, but it was just this this. There's something in my mind is like where the entire conversation is bleeped out and it's still hilariously funny. And Binkley, to his credit, said that was probably Arrested Development, which is my favorite show. So that uh, highly recommend that you check that out for your amusement at the break because we've got lots to amuse you now. I want to tweet Binkley and then I'm going to go to these calls. What do you got? Ridgeway tweets that the the Mooch article in the New Yorker was just a publicity stunt. That's good stuff because he's getting me to talk about it, and I usually completely dismiss this stuff when it's ridiculous and without content. I try to stay focused, but it's just, it's just it's so crazy. It's so I mean, it's literally crazy. He speaks in the third person, you know, like it's <laughs> it's he calls himself by a name. It's it's just crazy, and I'm not a very polished person. I I. You know, it's not like I've risen to the heights of power. I, you know, I did what I can. But even I have learned along the way not to call, you know, who would even want to talk to me. But I would never call a reporter and say the worst possible stuff in the worst possible way and then, you know, think it's going to be okay. And then it is okay. It actually was okay. Like, that's the crazy part is that this guy should be fired immediately. Right? Am I wrong? That's what he was supposed to do. Exactly. He did his job. And that's why, I mean, that's why you have to wonder when someone does something crazy and doesn't get fired, then you got to run that, that one up the line. Uh, okay, so let's do some uh, some rapid-fire calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's, uh, let's go. Let me just set it up. I would ask the question if you think Trump's going to make it the full, full four years. Uh, maybe even eight years, why or why not, I have a poll on the website, propagandareportdaily.com. You can answer. We'll get to the results a little bit later on, but I want to get some answers from you. Uh, or you can call about other stuff, too. No props. Uh, Mike in Gainesville. Mike, you're on with Monica. Yes. Uh, Trump's a results-based uh, person. Uh, he shut Trump air down immediately, Trump vodka down immediately, if the Republican Party does not start playing ball, he will shut his presidency down and not run again. If the Republicans do play ball with him, he'll stay and get the job done. So it's all going to be based on whether he gets support from the legislative branch as to what he does in the future. Wow, Mike, that was an excellent, excellent answer. And I got to say that rings true because he did say, eh, I might just quit. At one point, he said something like that. Great one, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tony in Atlanta, you're on with Monica. Hey, good afternoon. How you doing? I've got, I've Go. got a couple of things that I wanted to say. Uh, I wanted to comment about whether people are inherently good or bad. Yeah, everything. Give me what you got. Just make it, you know, concise, but I'll give you your time. Do it. Trump is fighting an uphill battle against both sides' parties. And I think most of, I want to call them false allegations to keep him under investigation or put out there. So the real people that are guilty of things, like we know of certain people who lied to Congress and lied to FBI, they're not under investigation. They're trying to keep the focus on Trump. 
and now he's having trouble with both sides of the party because we got. Uh, that's good. Let me just say that's actually a little bit of a tell because if this were really about justice, if it was really about justice, there would be lots of investigations. It's it's crystal clear. It's it's about there's a reason for it. Okay, keep going. Oh, and uh, I was going to say about the uh, some people are inherently bad or good. Yeah, I think it, it has a lot to do with where they're raised and how they're raised. Although that is not a hundred percent true, because some people are born with a silver spoon in their mouth, they grow up bad. Some people are born in the hood and raised by welfare, and they grow up good. So, but uh, all have sinned and came short of the grace of God, and yeah, that's all I got to say about that. So, what uh, is the answer that you think most people are good or bad? Are most people going to give you, you know, they see you drop 20 bucks, are they going to give it to you, or are they going to let you keep walking? Um, that's a tough one. I'd say most people would probably give it up. I would. I'd yeah, and I think that's, I think that, I think that too, but I, I guess my mom, my mom must have had it. Well, she did have a hard <laughs> knock life. Thanks a million for the call, Tony. I'm going to Mickey in Loganville. Hi, Mickey. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. First, let me say I am a big fan of the show, and I wish that you could be on seven days a week. I love it. Thank you. Um, I have to say, uh, even though I'm a big fan of the show, I have to disagree with you. Uh, Earlier, you had a caller that that called in saying that he thinks that Trump was going to be in for like the next eight years. I don't think so. My my father is a big Trump supporter. My brother is a big Trump supporter. I happen to believe that Trump is grossly incompetent when it comes to the job. I don't think that he has a dedication to the people at all. I think he's at a. What do you? You said you disagree with me. What do you think my position is? um, no, um, you, you raised a point earlier. Um, cons- you raised a point earlier concerning um, the people, kind of like the people behind the curtain a little bit, yeah. and some of the things that they were trying to put in place to distract us. I, I do believe I'm a fire military. Let me say that first. I do okay. believe there are some um, some feet behind the curtain, possibly. I just think that um, what Trump is dealing with right now is more about. Him um, just tapping with the caller who just came on said uh, Trump is facing both the the, um, the Democrat and Republican Party because he is he is neither and there is corruption on both sides. Oh, there is corruption on both sides, um, and Trump is not um, he's not walking the path that they would want a Republican or Democrat to to walk. So he is going to face problems from both sides. I think the reason why he won is because uh, he is a good salesman, and it's not that hard to sell to sell to people who are desperate. People were at a nice. point where, yeah, yeah. People were at a point where they just felt like they were totally forgotten. Um, the liberals have been in charge for forever, and you know, I hear it all the time on conservative radio. You know, I, why do I have to be considered a bigot because I feel like this? Where I'm saying this, it, it, what it comes down to is everybody's hurting, and you have some people that are so desperate right now that they're put, they put all of their, all of their care, all of their everything, all of their belief in Trump as if he's a king or a god or a monarch, and he's not. He's in there to serve himself. You can tell by his actions. He's a successful person, but one of the rules of success is if you're going to be successful at something, you have to put the time and the energy into learning it so that you can excel at it. He's not learning about the ah, skills. That's interesting, too. Yeah, it, you got to, you got to, uh, it's not, people are always like, oh, it's like running a business. These guys are businessmen, but no business. He, he failed at four businesses. Business is right. a learning process. I'm not criticizing him for it, but industries have companies inside them and in, industries serve. Well, this is a big country with, it's not a competitive process. He doesn't exactly. have a learning curve. It's uh, something totally different. Now, I don't want people to be good at politics because I think the federal government should have practically no power whatsoever. But, uh, but, um, if he did nothing or if there were gridlock, I, I guess that would be 
good, except for I would like to repeal Obamacare, but I don't want to get bogged down. Thank you so, so much, Mickey, for the call. I loved it. Please call again. And I'm going to go to Joe in Atlanta for the um, uh, for what you've got to say. Make it. Uh, I'll give you your time. Go. Check. Is this me? Joe? Yes, it's you. Yeah. And you're okay, on well, I First off, let me say, Monica, thank you so much for dragging me down the rabbit hole. All right. Um, the, 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 the it's so much Deal bigger, right, vigilant, than you thought? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Nathan Deal Vigilant Guard, you opened my mind. That was so Binkley. Much, that was phenomenal. Yeah, that Both was you Binkley. You guys did a phenomenal job. It was great. Um, you had an earlier caller, and it was... It was Jeff, I believe his name was, and he was saying that Trump is putting everybody against everybody. Yeah. That's not true. Obama did that. Obama did oh, that. Yes. Race, racial yeah. tensions alone. The black versus you know, blue thing. It's such a bummer. Yeah, he yeah, had the opportunity the, to heal. I was so happy. Giant, yeah. The gentle giant? No way. That's not fair. Like, don't you say that Trump is putting everybody against everybody. It, it was Barack Obama that did it, and it's Trump that's like... He's trying to sweep it all up. He's trying to make it all better. Well, you know, I, I don't know about that. I think, first of all, I want to clarify, I was not an Obama supporter. I just remember when he won, I thought the one good thing that could come of this is that this country could do some healing. I mean, how could you possibly perpetuate such a, a deep schism, such such deeply, powerfully, politically racial stuff if... Uh, you know, if more than all the Democrats voted for this guy, but uh, he it, it worked against us instead, especially Eric Holder, who I hear might run. Um, I got to take a break. But thank you, Joe. If you're on, uh, hang on and uh, we'll do some more rapid fire after the break. 800 WSB Talk. Got a couple of lines open at Monica Perez show. You can tweet at me. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. High today, 88. Tomorrow's high, 87. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I am going to Russ in Claremont. Russ, you are on the air. Yes, Monica, thank you for having me. As a uh, young parent of two, one thing that I'd like to say about the uh, people being inherent, good or bad, is people are inherently selfish, meaning they mm. look out for them and their own. So the first thing you hear about with, like, let's say the health care reform is, how does that affect me? How does that affect my family? So whether you're raised in a way to be selfless, you're inherently selfish. That's a fantastic point, and I would like to uh, just add that, that what that then does, that's where love comes in, because if you have love, then that group you know, is bigger. It's not just you. You said you had kids. You know what I mean? That's where community and all that kind of stuff is like who your selfish interests then become like with other people as well. Is that very well, inarticulate? I'm usually I mean, better than that. <laughs> what do you, so, well, I had the same point today. You know, I held the door for a lady carrying stuff out, offered yeah. to help carry her stuff out. I mean, that's the way I was raised. But yes. at the same time, there's selfless acts. But inherently, we're selfish. If it comes down to me or you, I'm going to take care of me and my family. Right. And I think our president is looking out for himself. Personally or including his community, meaning us? Uh, Personally. I agree. And I, that's why I, I see, think, like with his kids, I don't think they're going to hurt his kids. I think that, that there's an agreement. So they, 
My producer Binkley and I were talking about how uh, the Don Jr. was going to be on the hot seat this week, and I said I did not think that they would give him a hard time because I think that's part of the deal. This guy wouldn't wouldn't be. Anyway, I'm down the rabbit hole, well, Russ. Well, and one <laughs> thing that I would say about that is he's looking out for his family. And when it comes down yes. to it, I don't care if you're the president. I don't care if you're Joe Schmoe living in the street. If it comes down to you, your family, or a stranger, it's you and your family. Even yes. American people, it's you and your family. Yes, I agree with that. And I think that in this case, uh, I think, you know, this is cynical. I hate to just, like, parachute in with this. But I do think that it's that he is establishing a legacy and true more wealth, really, than he had before. Um, through that D.C. post office. I do think that that's, it does come down to that. Very interesting rush. Thank you. Uh, Russ, <laughs> hang on, guys. More calls after this, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturday is from 3 to 6. I threw out a couple of questions, and the lines lit up. I'm so happy, so interested in what you guys have to say. The questions were, do you think people are inherently good or bad? That's for my mom and my sister, Franny. And then the other question was, do you think Trump's going to make it the full years? I've got a poll about that. Uh, and I am going to do some rapid fire phone calls. So I'm going to start with Kenneth in Sugar Hill. Or is it on Sugar Hill? Hi, Kenneth. Hi, Monica. How are you? Um, are you there? Yes. Are you there? Yes. First, I just want to say, I think Trump's going to make it at least the first four years. I don't think he's going to give up on what he said. He's too proud of that. That'd be good. Yeah. And um, I hear a lot of callers say they wish you were on more, and I didn't really understand who... I don't understand what we were talking about today so much with Rance Priebus and uh, all that stuff going on. But it's, you know, it's very refreshing to hear even when you don't know about something that we can go down, if you want to say a rabbit hole, but just look at things differently. Yeah, that's great. I really do try to look at things differently um, and have a conversation about them and hear what y'all have to say. I actually, the uh, critical thinking aspect of all this and getting people thinking and talking, I think is valuable in itself, which is why, like every call I get that says I love you, says I don't agree with you a lot of the time. You know, but anyway, so thank you so much for the call, Kenneth. I'm going to Amanda in Norcross. Amanda, you're on with Monica. Well, it's wonderful to hear you. I absolutely adore your show. I hope you never go off the... Awesome. Uh, Thanks, Amanda. I do wish you were on five days a week. I don't know that I'd wish you seven days a week. That would be exhausting (laughs) for you. I have to have my um, Sundays. Anyway, I, I think people are inherently... Neither good nor bad. I know that sounds like I'm wimping out on it, but remember, we all have to be taught. Babies come into this world not knowing diddly squat, and the first thing they do is cry and beg for food and all of these other things, and that's what we call bad behavior. So we teach them not to be like that, so they are taught to be good. So I think people are taught to be good, and um, but I do believe that some people have... Uh, something in them that says, I'm going to do something bad, because look at Charles Manson. I just cannot believe his mother taught him to be that Well, way. no, he had a terrible childhood in and out of, like, institutions and stuff. Uh, okay. I, yeah, they say he was like a, a uh, like a military experiment gone wrong. Yes, Ooh. read about Charles. Interesting. So that goes to your 
nurture theory, although I'm kind of a nature theory person. But if you were to say, so you think the family, the mom is the number one influence? Do you uh, do you think society, culture uh, and what's school? What, well, no, what you, I, I, I do think nutshell. that it depends on, quote unquote, the village. And I do hate using that. I know. I hate it, too. But it's so true. I'll tell kids in the store, like, be nice to your mother. And then the mother's yeah. mad at me. I'm like, oh, sorry. I was trying to help. <laughs> So, so anyway, uh, what I would say, though, is, um, you know, I think that there are just, uh, we have to be taught to be good. I think that we're more inclined to do something that's bad because we're selfish, as one of your other um, yep, callers said, mm-hmm. that inherently we are selfish. Yeah. So we have to be taught to not be selfish, and that, in my eyes, means we're taught to be good. And so, I think, actually, the rewards of that, uh, uh-huh. I think that you're actually... It's in your selfish interests in uh-huh. the long run to mm-hmm. be good because then you have rewarding relationships. You have a safety net of your own because people will love and help you. I actually exactly. think loving behavior ultimately is selfish, which either makes you go into a circle or yep. it, it's maybe another cop out or maybe it is, you know, technically, I think they call it a tautology where it, it ultimately means that you are selfish in the end anyway. But I like it that way. And, uh, and yeah, I think it's a positive way of thinking of it because you just end up, you know, it's in your interest to be good. I love it. Thank you, Amanda, so much for calling. Paul in Dawsonville, you're on with Monica. Hi, Paul. Uh, hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. I've enjoyed listening. Uh, I do believe that uh, morals and uh, the way we uh, are good or bad is developmental, so you can uh, have difficulties uh, as an adult that, you know, you didn't have as a child or vice versa. But um, in the end, we have a free will, so we exercise that, and it's kind of like that illustration where the dog that you feed the most is the one that um, wins. You know the story I'm talking about? No. Well, this the story about the, uh, there's two dogs. One's a good one, one's a bad one, and and uh, they're fighting. And uh, the question is, well, which one wins? And the answer is the one that you feed. feed oh, interesting. So you can nurture, you can bring out the uh, strength of some characteristics over the others? Yeah, I mean, yeah. with our choices, and it's what we... I what have we to believe in free will. I just put, can't not believe yeah. in free will. It's my only... What we put in our... Yeah. What we uh, read and and, and um, the people that we associate with, choices we make on a regular basis, these are things that um, help determine what path we go on and whether we are going to be making choices or not but yeah and i think that does feed on itself in that you can start out by making bad choices then you surround yourself with bad people and then you're in a hole you can't get out of where so i so i think that it can be self-fulfilling at a certain point maybe you're just in too deep and free will isn't even an issue but i i have to believe in uh, underneath it all and that's why culture is so important that's why community is so important like it shows you the way and as people stray they get you know, exiled or reprimanded or, um, you know, shamed. And then they, so you can get them back on track quickly. But when you have a free for all or a society where you don't really know each other or it's one way communication like YouTube, you know, you don't get to correct. You put the mom, you know, make sure there's no parents home, get, you know, mandatory preschool. Anyway, now I'm talking politics and nobody wants that. So Uh, did you have something about Trump? Go. Yeah, I do. I I was going to say, I believe that, Trump is having the time of his life. I was, I've never been a big Trump fan or not. I'm kind of, uh, what are you, sanguine on that or something? But uh, I will say it was a binary choice between 
him and Hillary, and I voted for him, um, hoping for the best. I believe he's going to transform, further transform the Supreme Court, which will be a good thing, in my opinion, for our nation. I believe he's going to do what he can do, given the uh, hand that he's dealt uh, with the establishment uh, operating against him. I don't think he's going to make perfect choices. I think he's, um, you know, I don't don't know what his morality is, but I do think, uh, given the binary choice, that he was the better choice of the two. So. All right, I can buy that. I don't, I don't uh, like everyone always says to me, I don't agree with everything you said, but that does sound right. Thank you so much for the call, Paul. I'm going to Joan. Joan, you are on with Monica. Hello, Monica. Hi, Joan. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, I just wanted to say that I represent the other diverse group of your listeners, okay? I I didn't vote for Trump because I didn't think he wouldn't make any mistakes. And, yes, his tweeter and yes, bring a, a attention to himself. He's, I feel like he's on a learning curve. Do we always agree with some of his choices? No. But his basic agenda, uh, we are rooting for him. This is how I felt about it. My prayer was that he allowed God to direct him to make decisions that make America stable and productive because he has free will, just like you said. And uh, But we also know that the globalists, they're formidable foes uh, against presidents and uh, anybody that doesn't want that socialist agenda. So I think that he... Maybe, maybe underestimated that, but I believe that he is learning and he's open to learning. Uh, and there, I just, there always be a group of people, and, and this is outside the socialists, who will oppose people who are trying to do their best anyway. That's just the nature of human beings. So I think that, yeah. but there are few people that I think that could stand up, uh, to the pressure, hate, and even attacks on his, physical harm to him and his family, Mm -hmm. that they would wither. And I believe that uh, President Trump's successes in his business and even failures are what helps him maintain that type of tenacity to help face the onslaught that he receives from deep slate. uh, Yeah, that's true. He's definitely able to take it. But you reminded me of something I read. I wrote an article about Anthony Scaramucci in January. I said, keep your eye on this guy. Uh, you might want to go back. I've got some great stuff. If you don't follow me on Twitter, you're you're uh, you, you're not going to get it all because I just don't have enough time here on the air. So do at Monica Perez show, but <clears throat> not just <laughs> not trying to plug it. I don't get anything out of it. But I did say. But when I was doing my original research on Scaramucci, he was at the Davos Switzerland Economic Forum, where that's like the actual like cliche for. Uh, for like the elite. And he said, I know you guys don't like the way Trump comes off, but he's the globalists last best hope because he can reach the popular crowd, the populists, the common man. And I didn't understand exactly what that guy meant, but he made some historical references that I didn't get. I really should have filled it, uh, followed up on that. But, um, I don't think it's I you know I I I hope Joan is right and that he's on our side against that move towards ever centralized power in the world. I think it's too late for that. I'm sorry to say, but I'm I don't want to be a downer. I want to go to Kim and Chambly. Hi hi Kim, you're on with Monica. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I just love your show. Awesome. They need to they need to have you on more often than just Saturday. So, we'll see. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um I think people are, I think I like to think that people are inherently good. I might be naive, but the problem is, is that I think 
the world of politics tends to attract people who are inherently bad. And you know the old saying, politics is Hollywood for ugly people? Yes, so true. And and it kind of attracts that kind of person, you know, the person who, you know, they weren't the football star, they weren't the cheerleader, they were like, you know, the secretary of the student council or something. Yes. And I know I'm, I'm stereotyping people. I know, but, I know. But it's but, almost like, you know, they there is a real phenomenon like that. I always think Robert Reich is one of these guys who he thinks because he's so smart, he shouldn't have to, like, work or, you know, win people over with charm. It, it, it is actually the foundation of how the guys, it was like the Carnegie Endowment, some of these foundations that wanted to move America over to the collectivist field, uh, collectivist basic thinking, was that they got, they formed organizations, the Econ- Economist Society, the Historical Society, these societies where they promise these guys that you're smart, you should be running the world, and you if you help somebody. us, then yeah. we will give you more power. And they do have power. Now they're professional economists. There weren't when we had a free economy. Well, and also, too, you, I'm in, sorry, I'm in Walmart doing back-to-school shopping. Good, <laughs> um, go for but, it. But also, too, is that, you know, there's the other saying that the world is run by C students. We've got enough that these students in there who are in government and they're not necessarily in elected positions. They're in positions where they're just bureaucrats, and and you know, but they're making big decisions. And and so we've got a mix of people who are sleazeballs who just want to be somebody. Wow, that and, is like mind blowing. There, I hadn't thought about that one. I, I got to think about that. The C students are in the bureaucratic positions, uh, but I did want to. Just point out, there was an article, maybe Binkley can find it, that I sent to Binkley that said, as you, and it goes to what I guess Lord Acton had said, which not about politicians, but about an infallible pope. He said, uh, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Good men are very seldom, no, great men are very seldom good men, I think is the end of that quote. But uh, in any case, there was an article recently that they discovered that power actually changes the way you think. Binkley, do you remember what that one was? I do. I don't remember the specifics. No, no, but di- but the bi- the big picture was that having power makes you like a bad person. Was that it? Like power affects more your mind. More of a sociopath. Oh, okay. It makes you a sociopath. I mean, yeah. Yes, uh, it makes you, you know, your conscience goes away. The more power you have, the less you um, use your conscience as a touchstone, which I've actually observed anecdotally when I used to be investment banking and stuff. Like the more, the higher up a guy was, the less people pushed back on him, his wives, his his wife, his employees, there was like nobody left. Howard Stern used to talk about it. It's like, I just want somebody who tells me these pants don't look good. I just <laughs> want to know, you know, and then you stop caring. You can just do whatever you want. Like Trump said, I could just shoot somebody in Times Square and nobody, you know, I could get away with it. So uh, very interesting. Thank you, Kim. Finishing up after the break. Uh, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Sunshine high uh, forecast at 86 for Monday as the work week begins, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather, which is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I want to give you the results of my poll. I got a lot of respondents, so I think that these are uh, robust results. They're probably pretty good. The question was, do you think that Trump will finish his uh, first term? And I also asked if people thought he would get a second term and finish that. So let me tell you, in a nutshell, the results were, uh, 
27% of people think he will not be able to finish his first term for some reason. And uh, so 27% of the people, less than a third of the people, but more than a quarter, think he's not going to be able to finish his term. Uh, 24% think that he will finish his first term but will not have a second term. And 43% think that he will finish his first term and his second term. So they think... The, the biggest, the plurality of votes goes to uh, eight years of Trump. Very interesting. Uh, so I hope people aren't mad at me. I did not get to the Scaramucci stuff, which I guess is for the best because there would have been a lot of bleeping. So what we're going to do, if you listen to my show and uh, you ever catch, if you ever miss it or want to hear the whole thing, Binkley very kindly puts all of our podcasts of this show commercial free podcast of this show as well as of podcasts that we do um every week also so there's a lot of stuff up there he puts it up on propagandareportdaily.com and you can listen to it and what we're going to do this week is we're we're going to go through the scaramucci stuff the article some funny clips we have i think it's going to be a very fun and entertaining and a very different take on what's going on and we can really let our hair down because there are no censors and no commercials i love the commercials they give me a job but it's hard to get it all out you know so uh enjoy that i actually am not going to be here next weekend i have uh my family vacation and wsb has some uh some UGA fan stuff coming. It'll be football season's coming. You better get your Monica Perez show in while you can. But I'll be back the weekend after, so don't lose hope. So, talk to you two weeks from today, 3 to 6. This is Monica Perez. <laughs>